Church, Charlotte. I can see some of you. I can see some that have dressed up for this birthday service to the Lord. And you are, some of you are all Christmassy, fanced up. Good to see a couple, young couple here that checked out on us for a little while. (laughs) Brother and sister Hodge. (laughs) Uh, Newly married for all, all the folks that may not be aware of that, but they, Microsoft, Uh, moved them all the way to the West Coast. But they'll be back in Jesus' name. And what a joy it is to see everybody else here to take time on this Christmas morning. Some of you are normally used to opening gifts on Christmas morning. But uh, we've chosen the best part this morning. We've been praising the name of the Lord. Praise God. Uh, Sister Elms and I were buying a gift for our latest great-grandson up in Greensboro, Vincent Cristiano Alicio Tackett. Someone got inspired when they were looking for a name. Vincent... Cristiano Alicio Tackett. I, I sense the mother dropped in some, some Italian sounding, at least one of them, at Cristiano. But they, they had fun, and he, he was about uh, right, at, right at one or so. Little after he was, he was trying to walk. Maybe a little before. It probably was a birthday gift we had for him. And we found a red, red fire engine at Walmart for about forty bucks. And we both looked at that, wondered if he had even have an idea what was going on with that thing. And uh, when he saw that it was a little thing with wheels on it. He smiled, (laughs) and we were feeling good. And then he sat on it, (laughs) and he smiled again, grabbed hold of the steering wheel and honked the horn and smiled again. And then he got up off of the seat and got behind it where the roll bar was. This is all plastic, you know. Not supposed to go over one mile per hour. And he took off all through the room we were in with the biggest smile you could ever want, just running behind that fire engine and making it go. And we looked at each other and said, thank God he helped us find the one that would do the trick and turn that little boy on. And he didn't disappoint us one bit. You know, when we look for gifts, it's one of the hardest parts of this season. You want to find uh, the gift that fits and works and would be accepted and be smiled about and happy about. And uh, that's fine and dandy. It's quite an age that we're living in with uh, uh, the economic situation and 
and the lack of some things we're used to and abundance of things, some things we're not used to. And uh, it's a little frustrating at times. And if you're really worried about getting someone the gift that will really, really make them smile, you live with that for a few days until you zero on. You try to talk to their friend, to their mother, their father, their sister. Try to get a hint. What would they really like? And you strain over that and struggle over that. As I was thinking about those kind of uh, things, it came to me. What if we could all bring a gift to Jesus this year? And give it to him and say, Lord, in this coming year, these are some things I want to do that I'm sure will please you. I hope they'll please you. But I want to change some things and enhance some things and make better some things. And uh, I need your help. I need your guidance. But I want to bring the best gift, the thing that would help me the most, walk closer to you. The thing that I could think of the best that would help me express to you how much I love you and how much I'm learning to love you more than ever before. How many really want to let the Lord know that you love him and that you appreciate him, what he did for us on Calvary? We've all heard the story of the babe in a manger. Most of us could quote it. We've only heard it a few times a year, a few times in our lifetime. But it's a beautiful story, magnificent story. But uh, there's a better ending that we have today. And that is the story of his bringing salvation to mankind. The price he paid on Calvary for my sins. The truth that if I were the only sinner that could be found on the face of the earth, he would have done it for me. And he would have done it for you. Even though it has covered the sins of millions of people down through the centuries that have prayed and said, Lord, forgive me for my sins. I don't want to do things that are displeasing to you. Thank you for helping me to get, it, get my head on straight about my salvation and my eternity. Thank you, Lord, for that. The psalmist must have done this in Psalm 116. Verses 12 and uh, 13 and 14, the Bible reads like this. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows, do the things I've said I'm going to do unto the Lord. Now in the presence of all his people. I'm going to live out what I've said in my prayer closet. By his help, I'm going to give him the best I can give him. And uh, the first thing that David mentions there in that psalm, I believe David wrote it. If he didn't, someone great that knew, knew God wrote it. But, uh, and we'll do first things first. I'm going to suggest some gifts to the Lord today. 
Okay? This is something you'll have to do in the quiet of your own prayer place. Whether it's in a back bedroom on the bed, laying, laying on the bread, bed, kneeling on the bed, or in your backyard among the trees and bushes and squirrels. You can pray everywhere. Don't limit your prayer just to one spot, because if you can't get back there, then you don't do much praying. <laughs> so you have them all over. Get on top of a mountain, see the glory of the Lord being revealed. It's a good time to say, thank you, Jesus. Just bring the Lord all through your life. Why not? It's one of the things we can do for him that he would really be pleased with. But this first thing, the psalmist says, I will take the cup of salvation. He gave one last command to his disciples. And he had, over the course of his ministry, had told them to do many things and to take care of many things and, and direct commands to take this gospel around the world. And they, uh, they had that in their heart to do. They had already been doing it uh, in Israel area, taking the gospel of the good news that the Messiah was on the earth at last. But he said to them, in essence, do nothing that I have commanded you to do until you get the power from on high, that power that'll cause you to be a witness and be anointed to preach the word and witness to people and help others find what you've found. Do nothing until that I have commanded you until you get the power to do all the commandments I've given to you. Receiving and accepting the most wonderful gift of our lifetime is what he wants us to do first. Get that spirit of God on the inside of us and get the, the experience with God more than just a Sunday situation. But on Monday, you can say, good morning, Lord. Tuesday, every day, the rest of your life, you can greet the Lord when you first get up. This is the day, if you're kind of downcast, feeling blue like you can feel real early in the morning before you really woke up, had a bad dream, you can say, this is the day the Lord hath made. I shall rejoice and be glad in it. And God will help you to do that. Just start praising God that you woke up. Can I get a witness? Praising God that he's give you another day. Maybe I'll get it better today than yesterday. And maybe I'll hold on to my temper better today than I did yesterday. Maybe I'll quit complaining about all the traffic, all this and all that. Let's just decide we're going to be thankful all day long. And it makes all the difference when we do it that way. Jesus gave Peter the keys to the kingdom. How to get into this place where we walk and talk with Jesus. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts, said Peter unto the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Repentance begins to clean things up, begins to make the change, gets you ready. 
You've, you've confessed your sins to the Lord in repentance. Ask him for his mercy. And he's heard you. And now it's time to wash all those sins away in the name of Jesus. And once you get his name on you, you don't have to go be baptized every day. <laughs> Can I get a witness? Once for all, once you get his name on you, his mercy is there to cover you. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For this promise is unto you, to your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I think we ought to praise God for the gift God wants to give us. Come on. Help me praise him tonight, this morning. The church Jesus started, started on that day that I just read Peter's quote of how to be and to receive that salvation from the Lord. John 3 and 5, Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again of the water and of the spirit to enter into God's kingdom. Enter into the kingdom of God. And so it's an important thing that we understand. Here we've got distinct, the distinct wording of Jesus Christ to a very religious man in Jerusalem. And he told him he must be born again. Nicodemus, of course, didn't understand exactly. He tried to get a better understanding. But uh, he's... He went on and explained it a little bit more. And Peter explained it on the day of Pentecost. How do we get remission? By repentance, the washing away of our sins, and the infilling of the baptism of the Holy Spirit of God, the greatest gift you can ever get in your lifetime. It's better than a brand new Corvette. Better than a beautiful, powerful pony. Better than a brand new house on the lake. Shall we go on? We could. Best gift you'll ever be able to get in your life. And I'm glad I get to tell you why in the next uh, few minutes. So hold on. Receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit, being baptized with it, being baptized by immersion. I hope the tank's running hot. If it's not, you'll have a baptism you'll never forget. <laughs> We've done a few of them. They insist. I said, take an hour or two to warm this water up. They said, let's get it done. I want the name of Jesus on me. Thank God. The greatest gift you'll ever received is that gift. If you don't know a whole lot about it, just start reading. Jesus talks about it all the way through his ministry. And then the apostles preach it around the world in their ministry, around their world for sure. And uh, it's a process. Salvation is a process. This gift will become your comforter, your encourager, your psychiatrist, your psychologist. That gift will bring overcoming power into your life where whatever it is in your 
personality in your character that you can't control. It will give you power to control it. You say, well, when I hit my thumb, I, I can't control what comes out of my mouth. Well, Jesus wants you to learn how to control what comes out of your mouth. When you get in a hot argument and start throwing stones at each other, word stones, it's time to shut up. Time to put spit, spitting stuff out because you're going to have to swallow it before this thing gets healed up. So just quiet down and uh, hold on to your that part of your mind you want to give somebody. That piece of your mind. And so it's a wonderful thing to have wisdom at our call. I used to call on my dad anytime I had a mechanical problem because he probably had already solved that. But uh, he passed on to his reward back in 92, and uh, I've missed him. But uh, after that, I... Working under a car one time, I got to, into a pinch. I couldn't figure out, and I looked to the heavens. I said, Lord, you're the greatest mechanic that has ever been part of my life. I need help with this thing. I, need, I don't understand why I can't break this bolt loose. I don't know which way to turn it. I'm afraid I'm going to break something else while I'm trying to fix the other thing. And he said, well, go ahead and ask. <laughs> and I'd say, Lord, you, you, can, you can lead me. Just guide my mind how it thinks right now. And I can, I can honestly testify many times. I don't recall one where he didn't, that he led me to the answer. I mean within five minutes. And I'd been working on something for 20, 30 minutes before I woke up, said, I got someone I can call. Amen. Amen. You think he cares about even those times? Yes, he, does. he does. He is touched by the feelings of our infirmities. He cares. And if you ask, he'll lead you either to seek. You, the, the, the way it goes is ask, seek, and knock. Knocking when you really get serious about seeking some wisdom from God. But you can do that. But he said, ask, and it shall be given. And he, he keeps his word. And it's a wonderful thing to have in your life someone who knows the way you should take. He fills us with love, joy, peace, and strength to do the right thing. This gift is for everyone, Baptist, Methodist, Catholic, Muslims, Buddhist, Hindus, and all sinners. That means all of us. It's for everybody. It might change some things about different things uh, that you have concepts about in your future. In fact, if you get that gift, it will change some things. If you're the best Christian, best person in, in a, a, a church fellowship, and you receive that gift, guess what? 
You'll get revelations you had never seen before as you read the scriptures, as you hear the word preached. It will bring enlightenment to your understanding of what God is doing. And so it's for you. I'm so glad I got the Holy Ghost. Long time ago, I was just about 12 years old in 1955, and I said, this week, I'm going to get that Holy Ghost. And I hit the altar every time there was a chance, prayed a good while, and on Sunday night of that week, hallelujah, I came forth speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave me the utterance. I've never been the same since then. I've never been the same person since then. He touched me. God touched me. And he's heard me since then thousands of times call his name. And he always hears me when I pray. If you get that spirit in you, he always, always hears And so Jesus told them, Terry, until they're filled with the spirit. I will pay my vows unto the Lord. That's the first thing we can do to bring joy to the Lord, and that is to take his gift of salvation. We just talked about that in a very quick overview. But you can find out, you talk to anyone that has received that gift. If someone in your family, a friend, just say, hey, tell me about that gift of the Holy Spirit. That's, tell me about speaking in those tongues. They do it all through the Bible. I mean, the, the Acts of the Apostles, after the disciples started preaching and they began to teach in the, the epistles, after it was poured out, it was poured out on the day of Pentecost, A.D. 30, 31, something like that, in Jerusalem, in an upper room. And ever since then, it's gone all the way around the world. Now the, the church we're affiliated with has missionaries and two missionaries or, or representatives in 200, over 200 yeah. countries of this world. Hallelujah. And every year, hundreds, hundreds of thousands of people are brought into the kingdom, filled with the Holy Spirit of God. If they can get it, you can get it. They're getting it in Cuba. They're getting it in China. They're getting it in Russia. They're getting it in Ukraine. They're getting it in, thank God, North Carolina. I think we ought to praise the Lord that he's pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's talk about a second gift we can bring to the Lord. And that is to seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. He was talking in that chapter about all the things the Gentiles go after. All the carnal, fleshly desires of their heart, they're after them. They think money will make them happy. There have been so many sad stories of people with more money than they could spend the rest of their life. You think, well, that, that wouldn't be hard to do. If I had a million, I could spend that on a house on Lake Norman. Well, you might could do that, but what if you had a hundred million like some of them do? It won't bring happiness. You need peace in your heart. That's right. 
That peace can only come from the Prince of Peace. And his name is Jesus Christ. Thank God. Seeking first the kingdom of God is embracing the cross. Many times, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus is saying, take up your cross, follow me. Take up your cross, deny the self, deny yourself. The worldly, wicked, sinful things your flesh will desire. And follow me, and then you'll have treasures in heaven. But when we grab onto our cross and we hold on to it, it is that, that cross, what it really is, is the determination, the choice that from this time on, I'm going to fight every day against the temptations that are around about me. I know they're wrong. I know they lead to nowhere. I know they lead to hell. I know they, 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 they're not godly things, but I like them. <laughs> You, you know, you can't be tempted about something unless your flesh likes it. It's not a sin to be tempted. Thank God, thank God, thank God. Sometimes if you're in the midst of, go to some uh, big public event, fair or something, and it's summertime and the dress code really takes a hit during summertime. And uh, you walk out of there, you prayed before you went to it, you knew what was going to be there, and you went on to take your kids to see the, the cattle and the horses and the whatever they could see out there. And uh, there was plenty there that you didn't want to see. And so you just kind of, Lord taught me many years ago, just look at people's faces. Look at their face. Just look them right in the eyes. And uh, they'll stay where they need to be. <laughs> I went to college. I was in my last year of college in 71. And it was a strange year, folks. The hippies were having their way on the West Coast. San Diego State University was filled with the babes. And they, they, they didn't think they were babes at all. They, they were adults. They could do adult things now. And I had a wife that loved me at home. That's when I learned that lesson. Lord, what, what's a man to do in this place? And uh, you're facing hundreds of them between a class, walking down the hall. I'm uh, getting a little more plain than I want to, but you men know what I'm talking about. The women guess at it, but... I'm telling you, there's victory. That's where pornography starts. Addictions to pornography. If anybody here is fighting with that, uh, you need to have a come to Jesus meeting. You can do that in this coming week. Just go out in your backyard. Go out where you got a little privacy and say, Lord, I'm needing some help. I almost feel like I'm out of control. I can't think right about anything. My marriage is suffering because of what I've been doing. It's time to get victory over those temptations of the flesh. 
and begin to desire to please the Lord in all things. As Paul said, I die daily, meaning I learn to say no to temptations of the world, the flesh, and the devil are three common enemies. Join the battle to become overcomers. That's what you do when you take up your cross every day. Jesus said it has to be taken up every day. And you can walk in victory in that day. So putting God first in all areas of our life. After salvation, great friend of ours out in San Diego was uh, a bosun mate on a Navy ship. Said to my pastor, Brother David Gray, I can't afford to tithe. The money just isn't there. He had all the figures out there, his expected expenses, his uh, what he owed, everything was there. Showed it to Brother Gray. Brother Gray didn't bother with looking at much of that. He just said, let me tell you this, Carl. You trust God. You believe God that he will back up his word. You make that first check out to the church. Bring your tithes to the storehouse, the Bible says. And Jesus preached it in Matthew 23, 23. Go there if you don't think tithes operates in the New Testament. It's there. It's part of making God first in our finances. When God's first in your finances, brother, you can start saving money. You can start getting ahead. I, I live in a fine home. I, live, I drive a good car, and I start paying my tithes as a paper route deliverer. Delivered the San Diego Union for three years, up and down hills. Paid my tithes. I made about a dollar a day delivering about 150 papers. But a dollar a day to a 13-year-old, big bucks, especially back then. 30 bucks a month. And uh, I was so happy to put that $5, $4. Always need a little extra for offerings, you know. But uh, put it into that offering plate. I've been blessed all my life. Amen. Been blessed all my life. Doesn't, doesn't do anything for God's testimony if I drove up here in a rattle trap. And I've driven some rattle traps before. I'm just saying, God keeps his words. If we put him first there, he'll bless us. He'll help us to control what we do. And so he said, just make up your mind, put God first, and give us your best shot. Let's see what happens. Brother Gray, just challenge him. Do that first and see how the rest falls out. And uh, you know what a tithe is, 10% of your gross income. <laughs> Since I'm teaching a saints meeting here tonight, today. <laughs> Come on, we're, we're still on a journey. God will honor us. Three months later, Brother Gray hadn't heard back from Carl. He said, how's it going? Carl's first words were, you won't believe this, but I determined to obey the scriptures about giving. And when I needed money, it was there. God supplied the answer to my finances. Never had a problem. And looking back over that, wondering, well, how did that happen? I said, you know, a, a person of the world's life can cost a lot of money. They're stopping by places they don't need to even go in. They're stopping, and if they get one drink down, 
the whole paycheck is shot. And someone's calling for a ride home. Sad thing, that's, somebody, that's some people's reality. But what a, what a change comes when Jesus comes in. He'll help you lay the cigarettes down. He'll help you lay the stogies down. He'll help you lay the cigars down. He'll help you lay the alcohol drink down, the fire water, the crazy water, the crazy juice. I'm surprising myself. This is, I really prayed about this. And I got just a few more minutes to get to the cross. This is the third goal we could bring to the Lord. And we put it in our lives the coming year. And that's to concentrate on the fruit of the Spirit. That's for us who received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We have no excuse to allow sin and uh, temper tantrums and other sins of the flesh stay in our life. When we have the Spirit of God come in to give us power to say no to words that don't come out of our mouth, thoughts that don't need to be in our mind, and love for everybody. Get rid of our prejudices. Get rid of our preconceived ideas. Get rid of the stuff that causes so much hatred in our world today. And love everybody in your heart. So it's a wonderful thing to work on loving everybody. It's a wonderful thing to have joy in your heart. These are the fruit of the Spirit. Peace, long-suffering. That means patience. You'll work with your kids over things. Not lose your temper because they didn't get all the weeds. Go out there and work with them a little bit. Pick out a square foot and clean it off like you want it cleaned off. You just say, look, the way this is, I want this other square yard here. Patience to teach. Gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, which is uh, not, not, uh, it's not being afraid. It's not a weak thing. You can be strong as an old ox and be the meekest person on earth, like some have been called. And temperance, that's self-control. That's where we get the control over the sins of the flesh. They, are, they that are Christ have crucified the flesh and with its affections and lusts, saying no to our temptations to sin. When we live in the Spirit, let us also go ahead and just walk all day long in that Spirit and be blessed by God all day long, every day. With someone who loves you so much, you have no way to comprehend it. That's how much he loved you. He hung on a cross for you. Amen. Somebody help me praise the name of Jesus. Come on. He's worthy of our praise today. An old cowboy told a friend, I got two dogs on the inside of me. Kids, listen up. Two dogs on the inside of me. A white one and a brown one. And he said, they're fighting all the time. His friend asked the cowboy, which one is winning? The cowboy answered, the one I feed always wins. 
if we feed the spirit of Christ in us with songs of Zion, with joyfulness, with happiness, with consistent daily prayer, with all the things that make a strong Christian, well, the, the spirit side of us will win. But if we just pour fleshly, carnal interest into our mind and pick up the Bible when the preacher calls the scripture out to read it, or just a few times, instead of making it a part of our daily reading, I'm just talking about ways we can either not strengthen what we want to have strongest power in our lives, or we can take time to be holy. Please in the Lord because we love him day by day, cultivating the fruit of the spirit, singing the songs of Zion, hymns, spiritual songs, learning how to walk in his spirit all day long will be the greatest knowledge you'll ever obtain. Because walking in his spirit, when you're about to go into something that's got danger in it, you'll get a spiritual checking. Be careful. Careful what you say, what you believe. Just be careful. And he'll be guiding you all the days of your life. And it won't be long before you'll feel it. He's guiding me. And you, you, you can prove out what is the will of God and what is the spiritual direction. You can prove that out. So you're not wondering, was that God or the devil? Well, if you know the Bible, you can judge it by the word. Would have that be, been said in the Bible? Would have that come from heaven? And you know it. It wouldn't have been. Or you know it could have been. And so it's not hard once you're interested in saluting the kingdom of Jesus Christ and not interested in saluting satanic temptations and the sins of the flesh. So the cowboy answered, the one I feed is the one that wins the battle. This is the main reason why we need to be filled with the spirit of Almighty God. It takes his spirit in us to be an overcomer. These, a lot of these things are totally, uh, the, the flesh cannot whip them. You know those folks that are, they've tried many times, don't ask them if they ever thought about their lungs. Don't, don't, they've tried and tried and tried to quit. I'm telling you, the power of Jesus Christ, the power of the cross in your life, the power of this gift of self-control can allow you to snuff that last one out in Jesus' name. I'm not going to do it, but I could raise, I could ask for raised hands. God took me to help me overcome an addiction in my life. Let me, let me do it. Just come on, praise the Lord with an uplifted hand. God helped me because I was addicted and couldn't quit. But Jesus helped me. Praise God. Ben Franklin wrote a book many years ago. I enjoyed reading it. I kind of thought of it and said, well, these, these things could have been in the Bible, these things he was saying, but he'd spend 13 of them, he'd spend a week on each one. And when he got to the end of that 13 weeks, that's three months basically, and he would do it to start all over again, work on his patience, work on his kindness. That'd be quite a way to live, quite a challenge to live up to. But just over and over, that's how we learn. 
Repetition is still one of the teacher's greatest benefits and ability to repeat and not be dull about it. And that's possible. Wonderful attributes he wanted to accentuate into himself. Every 13 weeks, he'd just start back over and work on them. Okay, we're driving it home now, turning around the corner, and uh, the musicians will come in a moment. Five more minutes. <laughs> the old preacher said as he went on for 30. The number fourth suggestion I have is to get rid and give it to God. Give to God our shame. Past shamefulness that crops up in a dream. And you wake up and you kind of cringe. Oh, God, I wish I could have handled that differently. And it keeps you awake a while. And you sing a song of Zion. Go read some scriptures. <laughs> Finally, I've done that with people. We were trying to help get their life together in the past. And here in my older years, I dream of them because I love them so much. <laughs> and while I was explaining how victory could come to them, they got up out of that office chair, walked out the door as I'm following them out. Listen, don't leave. They had jumped to a conclusion of an answer that they didn't want to hear from me. And they walked out the door, had blessed this church in many different ways. They walked out while I'm pleading, don't leave. Let's, let's talk about this. I'm willing to hear. I'd already heard their complaints, the first, first round of them. I was ready, I'm ready to hear them again. We'll, we'll keep praying and seeking God for wisdom. And their mind was made up. As soon as they felt that I, well, I don't, I don't know how they felt, but I've wept over them. People you love that kind of can get into your spirit. <laughs> and over the years, I've had to say, Lord, you know, you know, I was doing my very best. I'm not rough and tough and hard-nosed in a counseling session, folks. I may sound like that when I'm preaching sometime, but I'm as gentle as I can be because I love them. And I know this is a critical moment. If they make the wrong decision, they may chuck it all in. And that's what they did. But we have all have things we regret. Wish we could have done it better. Wish we'd have known better what to say to get them to talk it really out and find the real solution. But uh, I'm telling you, there's a peace that will come when you give it to the Lord. Give them all to the Lord in repentance for not having the answer for every problem and everybody in the world. The immediate, the, the immediate answer for not being able to do things. Sometimes we make a very intentional decision. We wake up months later and say, how did I get myself in this mess? 
Well, there's one that knows how to get you out of that mess. He won't take you back through the scenario, but he'll give you peace in your heart and your mind. And whenever it comes in your mind and you feel that shame again, when you let some guy take advantage of you, then stop it. Call home. I need a ride home. And then the next day, you say, oh, God, what happened to me? Oh, God, don't let it be. Oh, God. Fear. I'm telling you, this is human experience, folks. The Lord can wash you, cleanse you. Had an abortion in your youth, in your middle age, whatever. And now you hear that baby crying. Somewhere in the back of your mind. How <laughs> on God's green earth could have I got myself there? But I'm telling you, Jesus will forgive you. I think we ought to praise him for his mercy. Praise him for his mercy. They brought one to Jesus. He's guilty of adultery. And conveniently, the man got away. They caught him, hey, folks, in the act. It's kind of an embarrassing thing to do. And they brought, it, brought her to Jesus, said she's committed adultery. The Bible says we need, the Old Testament says we need to stone her to stop sin. Well, stoning her wouldn't have stopped sin of adultery going on back then or any time. Jesus began writing in the sand. He would look at people. I can just imagine him looking at the old, the old, oldest religious man up there and writing something down. Remember that night when da 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 da? And Jesus began writing just a few words that would hint. And when that, when that guy saw what he wrote, Tucked his tail, looked for a way out. And they, the Bible says, from the oldest to the youngest, they left. They got out of there quick. They saw what was happening. He was going to expose every one of them and never point his finger at them. Just gaze at them, and there he would pause, and, and another one would be gone. When it's over, Jesus said, we're all the nine accusers. She said, I have none, Lord. And he said, and when he said it, he said a big mouthful. He says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. I'm so glad Jesus doesn't condemn us. He wants to save us and give us power to do what's right in our lives. Hallelujah. So when we have these things that won't let go, regrets, tears of shame, tears of sorrow, wishings we had done it differently, don't cry any more tears of sorrow over past regrets when you take them to Jesus and leave them with him. You'll learn to praise God that he brought you out of that situation. That in, in spite of all that you may have missed, because of that decision, spite of it all, you give it to the Lord and say, Lord, I, I don't know what to do with this. I really blew it back there, but from now on, I'm walking with you. 
And that woman could have well been there on the day of Pentecost when people received the baptism of the Holy Spirit for the very first time. Give all your shames to the Lord. Romans 8.1 says it so well. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Heart cleansing. I've woke up in the middle of the night concerned about something or other, and I just pray the Lord's Prayer. And I would kind of linger over that one phrase and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Jesus knew what I was talking about. Some little thing wasn't worth worrying about. I was more worried about them than their eternity than they were. They were bound and determined to go to hell, and I'm reaching for them. And I didn't, didn't have what it took to win them, and there were people that left a miracle service Jesus had and walked right back out to their life of sin. You can't, uh, you can't handle everybody's decisions. You can't take, you can't take uh, blame or credit for decisions they make. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. I'm so glad every time I've repented, and uh, I try to repent every day. I look for something I didn't handle just right. That door I slammed at the house when someone said something I didn't like knowing that she loved me with all of her heart, but she was speaking the truth, and I didn't like it. I said, yeah, learn how to close the door gently, Elms. It was the truth. You know you need to exercise more. You know you need to, do, you need to quit eating more. You need to quit. You need to start eating less. Whatever you need, you know. Truth hurts us all. But how we respond, we need to say, you are so right. Push this, take, take this piece of cake back you baked. She said, no, I didn't mean my cake. I meant all that other stuff you get. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus wants to wash out our mind and our heart. And the last one, and maybe for a child of God that's been filled with the Spirit for a long time, maybe the most valuable one for you, but... I'm just going to read the other story as our musicians come. Revelation chapter 2. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus. I'm going to read nine attributes that get complimented for this church in Ephesus. A, a real church and a message from God to all churches. Unto the angel, the pastor of the church at Ephesus, right? These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. In other words, the first and the last, the alpha and the omega. This is the, what the angel of the church is saying. I know thy works and thy labor. 
and thy patience, how thou canst not, canst not bear them that are, that are evil. That five, thou hast, thou hast tried them, which say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars, and has borne, and has patience. He doubled up on some. For my name's sake, thou hast labored and hast not fainted. Nevertheless, he named five different things that he, he appreciated and loved in them. He said, nevertheless, one thing. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. When you first received the Spirit of God in your life, felt the transforming power of it in your soul. When you, you had it then, you, your zeal was full. Your worship was spontaneous. Your enthusiasm for God and the things of God and the house of God, it was bubbling over. And now, well, things have changed. You got all these things still going for you, but where's the love? Where's the passion that you had then? You showed me what you could do back then, and now I rarely hear from you. And Jesus said, I counsel you to repent and do your first works again. Passion for God. We should constantly, our flesh can get used to things. I understand. I have to fight it. Everyone that's ever picked up a cross has to fight it. Something just so precious about newness. That's why we make such a big deal over babies. Just every little thing. The first word. Trying to get Vincent to learn hot. <laughs> Finally, he goes to the fireplace. Hot. Here and there, you come out with, I think he can say mama. And uh, some of us speak early, some of us speak late. But we speak. But there he is. Everybody just, oh, listen, listen to that. You know, the passion, the joy of a little child. But after a while, especially when they get a little snarky, talk back to you you start asking questions uh, did you say what I thought you said as you're walking toward them some of them get smart and say oh oh, you must have misunderstood I said yes ma'am I, I will take the trash out the, the ones that aren't so smart I'm tired of being the only trash man around here well, that would have went over like a dead cat in my home that I was raised in and that I raised in. You want to say that to me again? I dare you. This meek, quiet, gentle soul will try to do some beating of that out of you. You stay respectful to your elders, especially your father and your mother. Then you learn how to respect everybody with love and kindness. 
Got to keep it going, folks. We may be too old to run the aisle, but we're not too old to raise our hand and shout hallelujah and shout amen. Why don't we try it out right now as we all stand? Come on, lift up your voice. If you're new to Pentecost, just go ahead. It's kind of our salute to heaven. Saying, I surrender my life to God. I want him in my life. I want to give him peace. I want to give him joy. I want to bring the, the things that he wants from me, the works of the early days of my salvation. I want to bring it back again. Hallelujah. Glory. Praise your name, Jesus. Praise your name, Jesus. So I'm asking us all, let's give to Jesus our very best gift in this coming year. Think about it. Pray about it. List the first one to him. Say, Lord, this is the one that I want the most. And God will help you. He will give you strength to do it. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray a little bit right now, just all over the congregation. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for coming to this world. Thank you for dying on that cross. Thank you, Lord, for showing us how to have peace, joy, and love in our lives. Thank you for all of our friends and guests that are here. Bless them, Lord. Bless them. May they find the, the trail to your spiritual baptism. Fill them with the Holy Ghost and power. Let them speak in that heavenly language as their soul is charged with the love of God. Oh, God, bless everyone today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. There's an old chorus. Talks about the resurrection of Jesus. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, this resurrection power will get into your life. Musicians, sing it. Let's all sing it with them right now. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast and bless them. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, please text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come, worship with us.